everyone. Welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Justine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with Mike Metzger, the founder of Stoked. How are you, Mike? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Let's get started. What, awesome. does, you, what does your agency do and how did you start it? So we are a branding agency. We focus on three different categories of services. So we offer branding, we build websites, and we create content. Um, the services that we offer, you know, there's quite a variety in what we do. And over the years, we've just found that simplifying into categories of services is way better. You know, when I first started, uh, when I was just a freelancer by myself, you know, I was just willing to take any project that I could get. So I would do everything, you know, if it was build a blog or, um, build a website or do an email campaign, I'd always be willing to do that you know, and I would charge whatever and I would do it. But over the years we've learned, and as I've grown a team, you know, kind of saying no to a lot of projects and really clearly identifying what you do is pretty important. So uh, our primary services, we build a ton of websites. In order to build great websites, we have to have a good understanding of what somebody's brand is and their brand identity and their story and their things like that. So we focus a lot on the branding and the brand identity piece, whether it's the design side of things. So designing logos and brand guidelines or the other side of things, which would be you know, crafting a brand story and identity. And once we have those things in place, that's kind of the foundation to what most brands need. And then we'll shift into creating content, whether that's social media or advertising, SEO, things like that. So those are the three lines of service that we offer. Um, and then your question was how I got started, right? Yeah. So when I was in high school, you know, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur or a business owner. Like that was never something that was on my mind. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't set out to, to be a business person. Um, I never knew that I was capable of doing that. But funny enough, in high school, I wasn't the person who took, you know, workshop and Spanish class and things like that. I always took art-based classes. So photography mm. and graphic design, computer programming, um, um, I don't know what classes I just named, but, you know, photography and art classes like that. Um, graphic design was the one that really resonated with me that I enjoyed. And I always loved music when I was young and still do today. But a lot of my friends were in bands and played instruments and things like that. And I was always going to shows when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old mm. here in the city. And eventually one of my friends had asked me if I would design their t-shirt for their band and their album cover and eventually even their MySpace layout when MySpace was popular. And I said, yes. And they said, okay, well, what would you charge? And I had no idea, you know, so I just said, Hey, you know, give me 75 bucks. I'll design a t-shirt. I'll design an album cover and I'll do your MySpace layout. And I did that for maybe two years while I was in high school, just with, you know, friends and connections and, would help design their stuff. And I always really loved it. Mm -hmm. But then when I graduated high school, I just kind of moved on with life, you know, got a regular job like everybody else did. I didn't go to college. Um, you know, so I worked just odd, crappy jobs for years all the way until I was 25 years old um, or mm -hmm. maybe 24. And, you know, there's a whole story in between the ages of 18 when I graduated high school and 25 when I decided to start a business and get into marketing. 
And the short story is that, you know, my life did not go, uh, I think how any 18 year old would probably wish that it did. And I was in and out of jail and didn't have a license and kind of like hopping couches and just living in, you know, crappy apartments. And my priorities were completely backwards. Hmm. So I had clearly lost my way from some of the things that I had enjoyed when I was a teenager, which was art and design and things like that. And at 24 years old, I think I had gotten to the point where I was just so frustrated with myself and what was going on in my life at that time that I just sort of had to press the reset button. And in doing that, I kind of got reconnected with a lot of the things that I was interested in when I was younger, being technology and design and computers and art um, and graphic design. And just being a creator, you know, being somebody who has creativity involved in their life. So to answer your question, around that time, 24, 25, 26 years old, I started freelancing. And I was always pretty decent at sales. You know, I'd worked at a mall kiosk at one point in my life um, and um, worked at a car wash. And just being around sales and speaking to people was always a strength of mine for the most part. So combining the creative side of me and art with the sales aspect made me a pretty good freelancer. Mm. Um, the problem was that I didn't have any of the equipment that I needed to do it. You know, I didn't have a very good laptop at the time. Uh, I barely had a mobile, you know, smartphone that really could connect me with a lot of the apps that give people these opportunities that we have today. You know, this is 2013, 2014, which surely the technology was there, but I just didn't have the, the devices that I needed to really have a strong start. But I did it anyway, and that was kind of how I got started. So I got into freelancing and um, just picked up odd jobs here and there. You know, so some of my first projects were, uh, you know, maybe like touching up a, a website for a random lawn, lawn uh, care company, like a landscaping company, something like that. And I, I did struggle to get clients at first, of course. So a lot of times I would just do projects for free, you know, with people that I knew just so that I could have something on my portfolio and kind of get a few projects under my belt, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of how I got started and, and fell in love with marketing um, and just the digital aspect of social media and content creation and blogging, uh, podcasting, um, you know, YouTube, Instagram, all this, you know, all of this stuff and the things that I spend a lot of my time on today. So yeah, that's what we do. And that's how I personally got started. Wow. I loved this answer. It was very thorough and I really appreciate that. You of know, course. I just love how unique your story was. Clearly there's ups and downs, but I just sense a lot of heart in it. And I think it, this just emphasizes the importance of the artist. And as an artist, I, I love these type of conversations. You know, I did hear you say that you are simplifying categories in terms of what your ag agency does. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Sure. I think it's sort of an expansion of the way that I think about things in general, not just business, not just marketing, but um, one of my personal strengths is just organization and simplification, which I think echoes throughout our organization as an agency. Organization is one of the most important things to me in order to fuel productivity. And prior to 2020, um, 
which was a you know a benchmark for all businesses, but especially with agencies, because when businesses suffer, well, those are our clients, right? So we're directly mm-hmm. impacted by how our clients are doing. And any agency owner knows that, you know, if your clients are suffering, that's ultimately going to impact your bottom line and your roster of clients. So from 2015, when I started, uh, we had a pretty fast run, um, you know, from you know, making a couple hundred bucks here and there by myself to very quickly, I think 2019, we did like seven or $800,000 in revenue, you know, Mm -hmm. within, what is that? Four years, you know? So, um, but we weren't as organized as I would have wanted, you know, it was almost like we grew so fast that I didn't really have time to implement what I knew was needed to grow an organization the right way. You know, it was like organization and productivity And these things were very important to me, but it was always like, I thought to myself, well, oh, once we're a bigger agency, I'll worry about that. Mm. Well, you know, it's a good problem to have, but I kind of never had a chance to put those things in place because of how quickly we grew. And I'm fortunate because of that. But at the same time, in 2019, we made some good money. But I found myself looking back and realizing that we weren't as organized as I would have liked. I was doing the things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing as an agency owner, which is taking projects that I probably should have said no to, um, offering services that I knew probably weren't the most profitable, but I would just do them anyway because I hadn't taken the time to figure out if they really were profitable or not. And if as a team, we even enjoyed doing them to begin with. and maybe a couple quick good examples of this would be like Instagram growth or setting up Google Suite, you know, now known as Google Workspace, but like setting up G Suite for people. You know, if somebody asked us to do that, I would just say yes, come up with a number, charge them, and then figure it out. And over the years, I learned that the services that we really disliked doing really weren't making us any money anyway. So we were we were providing services that we didn't like doing and we also weren't making money from doing it. And since we hated doing it, we weren't even providing the best quality that we could for the service that the client was hiring us for. So to answer your question, when the pandemic happened in 2020, um, obviously not good circumstances, but in a weird way was perfect for us because we were so busy up until that point that when that happened, I kind of thought to myself, I don't know exactly what is to come over the next, you know, several months or whatever, but this is the absolute perfect time for us to hit pause, take a deep breath and organize everything and kind of look inwards and implement all of the things that we are great at and that we enjoy for our own organization rather than just our clients. So during 2020, I finally pulled the trigger on completely redoing the agency's website, um, redoing our entire brand, our colors, our logo, our brand identity, our messaging, our mission statement, our service lines, uh, our project management system, our communication, our emails, I mean, literally everything. And these were all things that I was passionate about and excited about, but we just simply didn't have the time to do it prior to then. So having almost the entire year off, basically, for 2020, Uh, You know, our revenue was down, I think, over 70%. And the whole time, 
you know, I just kind of had a smile on my face because it gave us the breathing room that we needed to become a better organization moving into 2021. And so when you ask about, you know, why do we look at things that way? A lot of it is from listening to podcasts, just like the one we're doing now, listening to other agency owners, looking at what other agencies were doing, looking at agencies that I felt gave me a good impression and that felt and seemed organized, felt and seemed like they gave a great service to their clients and we're just really on top of things. So it came from, you know, listening to information from other people who had achieved what I felt we were setting out to do. So when I looked at all the services that we were offering 2019 and prior to that, we made a big list and looked at them and highlighted all, you know, put a big red circle around the ones that we hated providing, you know, that we really didn't even like offering and figured out the profitability of all of them, you know, looking at what do we charge every client that every hi ever hired us for this, you know, whether it was a website design, uh, social media management, SEO, um, reputation management, you know, whatever that was at the time, we were just listing out all these services. And when I looked at the list, you know, it's like dozens of services and I was mind blown. I was like, I can't believe we're even doing all of this. And it really just made it obvious that the big elephant in the room is, is why are we even offering these services? Um, so we just started crossing off the ones that were a combination of not profitable and unenjoyable for everyone involved. And that quickly helped us eliminate those things. And then we drew a line in the sand and said to ourselves, you know, if anybody asks us to do these services, the answer is no, we don't offer this, unfortunately. <clears throat> and then it also gave us the opportunity to find strategic partnerships to then just connect with other third-party services that maybe had an appealing affiliate program or that we could refer those people, you know, our clients to for those types of services. So that was the first step to like just simplifying and becoming more organized and understanding our service lines better. Mm. And what we found is the three things that we love doing just happened to be the things that also made us the most money, which was building websites, um, understanding what somebody's brand is. So the whole brand and storytelling aspect of somebody's company and their products and their brand, and then implementing that to their website. And then furthermore, taking it one step towards their content. And we were lucky in a sense because it all sort of fell into this natural um, line of succession when it comes to service lines, because you have websites, which are a great, um, for the most part, one-time purchase. You know, someone buys a website that can range anywhere from, you know, say $4,000 to $40,000, you know, just depends on the project. That's normally a, you know, one-time purchase excluding small things like maintenance and maybe they update their website, you know, a little bit every couple of years or, or whatever. The branding piece is another big, you know, upfront purchase. Usually a lot of people know a lot about their product that they sell. You know, let's say that they sell chapstick or honey or, you know, some econ product like sneakers or something. Well, they know a lot about their product and they know a lot about themselves, but a lot of the times they don't know how to organize their own thoughts and tell the story of their brand. So that is what we do as an agency is listen to what they have to say, get an understanding of what, why, and how their product came about and organize those thoughts into a story that then becomes their brand and the messaging on their website and ultimately the messaging through their content, whether it's blog articles, social media, email newsletter, whatever. So 
the three very obvious categories for us were branding, websites, content. And it helped us think of our own work in a much simpler way. It gave us a natural progression on how we sell our services and our products. And it also helped the client or potential client understand what we do a lot better and a lot easier. Um, So I know that was a long-winded answer, but that is kind of how we started to lay all of this out and think to ourselves, what do we get rid of? What do we keep? What do we not like doing? What do we like doing? And what do we do really great? And then how do we organize those things and turn it into a product offering that is going to succeed and that's actually going to work for our clients? Um, and it, it all fell into, into place pretty nicely. But that's, that's what provoked us to kind of get organized and start to like categorize what we do. Wow. I just want to say thank you for the thorough answers. I really appreciate them. You know, you even yeah, answered a second question. I was going to ask how you transition, how you transition from services that you didn't like doing with your team into that, and you answered that. And then I just love that you were able to embrace the trial and then make a plan. It seemed like it just seems like what you used for yourself in terms of listening with what works and what doesn't work actually ended up helping clients, which is amazing. So I just love that. Can you expand more on who your clients are and how do you get them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's kind of a twofold answer to both of those questions. Um, (laughs) So me personally, and this is kind of a a double-edged sword, it's a good problem to have, but it can also be frustrating at times, which is I personally bring in new clients um, because outside of running an agency, I'm a content creator, I'm an author, um, I write for Forbes, I travel and I speak on the topic of marketing and content creation. And that act in itself brings us new clients. You know, I'll meet people at some of these amazing events. They, you know, and just going to events and networking in general is a great place to meet new people, period, regardless of the service you offer. But it just so happens that the people attending the events are usually people who could use the services that I sell. Um, so those things bring me a lot of clients, you know, whether it's posting on TikTok that's brought me clients, um, uh, you know, writing articles for my own website or the agency website, just content creation coming from me as an individual and sort of a personal brand outside of the agency brings us clients, which is great. The other way that we get clients is as the agency, just creating content. Uh, So we put a lot of effort into a monthly newsletter and we try to make it fun um, and we get contacts from that, uh, you know, adding into our newsletter all the time, whether it's from us writing our own blog articles um, or driving traffic from content that we create outside of our website. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, again, even me personally trying to drive contacts, uh, contacts into our funnel, not directly through me, you know, so it's the initiation is coming from me, but I'm driving them into be stoked brand um, and getting them, you know, on our newsletter or just in our kind of ecosystem. We don't do a ton of advertising. You know, we are fortunate to where we are pursued um, more often than we are pursuing a client. And that was something that I've always set out to do. And it's kind of my philosophy on a lot of things is I would much rather spend years positioning ourselves and myself as the hunted rather than spending years trying to sharpen the ax and being the hunter. So we don't spend a lot of time chasing clients or asking people to work with us. 
um, we try to position ourselves as a net to catch the correct clients that need our help, that have the right budget that we're looking for, and that are looking for the services that we offer. So those are kind of the two different ways that we get our clients. And a big helper in that is a platform called Clutch, if you're familiar with it. So Clutch is kind of a directory for agencies. Um, and that's probably a little bit of a, a little golden... Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so any agency owner that is listening to this, I would definitely check out Clutch. Um, you know, if you rewind three to five years, you know, any business, the way that they're getting reviews is through, you know, Google and Facebook. My personal opinion is that as this landscape changes, you're starting to see these silos created. And now there are dedicated platforms specifically for reviews for different industries. You know, so for restaurants, that might be, uh, you know, Yelp is probably the big player in that space, but also Google is pretty big on restaurants too. Um, but you could think about, um, uh, what is it like WebMD or doctors.com? You know, that's a, an outlet for medical providers. And then you could think of, um, uh, I forget what the one is called for attorneys, but then you've got like Angie's list for contractors and home renovators, you know, so they're starting to become these silos for reviews. Um, and clutch, in my opinion, is the one that agency owners should be using. So that's a big, that's a big outlet for us or inlet for us, really. The types of businesses that we work with also twofold. Um, we work with individuals that are uh sort of big um maybe not uh you know like well-known you know in everybody's home type of names but in the world of social media it could be individuals that are big public figures um you know if you want to call them celebrities uh, especially big fitness influencers you know we've worked with like ufc world champions um big very well-known fitness influencers with following you know followers in the millions of people that follow them for their fitness and health content. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot in the health space, but we also work with businesses, of course. You know, so we work, we try to work with brands that fit our, you know, style and vibe, if you will, you know, so our brand is stoked, you know, and if you meet our team, you know, it's like myself, like I've got like tattoos, our main project <laughs> manager, Alex, you know, he's got his hands tattooed and like, we kind of have this sort of skateboarder, surfer, biker type of feel. Mm -hmm. um, and we really love working with clients like that. And so, for example, um, you know, we just finished uh, doing a big promotion for the big tattoo convention that happens here on the East Coast here in Richmond, you know, and so it's this huge event where it's a festival bit basically. And it's all, you know, the big tattoo artists that are featured on Ink Master, which is, you know, a, a a very popular television show if people are into tattoos and body art and stuff like that. And so there's this big event where everybody gathers and there's uh, tattoo artists that are tattooing there and things like that. So we're always trying to find this kind of like fun uh, X games, you know, stoked type of, you know, fun uh, extreme sports, mm -hmm. fitness, fun stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm personally am uh, a huge fan of mixed martial arts and anything motorsports, you know, fast cars, race cars, like just anything exciting and fun like that. So we're always, you know, open and uh, trying to work with clients like that. We do have real estate companies that we work with and um, attorneys that we work with. 
but they've always got, you know, kind of a fun little style to them, you know? So one of the attorneys we work with specializes in esports, you know? So he's the attorney for, um, you know, Ninja, uh, which is like one of the biggest, you know, Twitch streamers. I think he may be one of the most popular Twitch streamers, you know, of all time. Uh, so we, we love working with fun projects like that, you know, big influencers, verified figures, celebrities, famous athletes, things like that. I mean, those are our favorite types of projects that we try to pursue. Um, and we want to have fun with it. You know, that's why we do this. It's like, if it wasn't fun, I don't know what the point would be in all this. So mm-hmm. that's, those are the types of clients we try to try, try to work with. And the, that's kind of how we get them as well is through positioning ourselves so that when they are searching for uh, an agency that they can resonate with, they look at us and hopefully see we're organized. Um, the work that we do is clean, looks good, has a good aesthetic feel to it, and that we understand kind of these out there fun brands that they might be and that we have experience working with those type of companies. Thank you for expanding on that. You know, you're just stoked in general. It has a different type of style to it. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, he's personality, you know? And I think that's important to work with the type of clients that you resonate with. Would you say that, I mean, just circling back to branding and helping clients with their story that they're telling and what they're trying to just do in the world, would you say, what what do you enjoy most about that experience? Just because it sounds very personalized, I would say. Yeah. I mean, just building an agency in general, you know, I, my dream is not to, you know, be in some big corporate office building with hundreds of employees. You know, I, A, I don't think it's necessary. You know, I think some people might be working towards that, but I think globally, but, you know, especially here in the US and probably in the UK, I think people have learned that this corporate office life is really not necessary. You know, I think mm-hmm. it kind of shattered a lot of people's paradigms that, you know, we don't need to live in a suit and tie life and show up to work at, you know, 7am every day and clock out at five. Yes. You know, that was my belief heading into all this anyway. But it, it's nice, because I feel like other people are now getting on board with that. You know, it's like, I'm home right now doing this. Um, my main project manager lives in Pennsylvania, you know, seven hours away from me works remote. But we talk every day. And I'm just as close with him as if he were here, you know, we're at our office right now. Um, but, and, and maybe I'm kind of losing touch with the question, but the thing that's the most exciting is building a lean operation that provides an income, not just to myself, but for the people that work with us. We provide a great service to our clients and make it fun and something that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that this agency is just a vehicle for everyone that's involved to succeed, the clients and the people that that work for Stoked both. You know, that's really all it is. It's just a vessel to get us to where we want to be. You know, everybody that works with us usually has some sort of fun side project that they're doing, you know, and I encourage that. Like, I think that's awesome, you know, and it's like, I do that. You know, the as soon as your main project or agency becomes this overwhelming, frustrating thing, uh, it takes the fun out of it. And, and over time, it can make you question why you're even doing it. Yeah. And the reason I know that is because I've gone through that and I've felt that, you know, it's it, this whole agency thing isn't perfect and it has its up and ups and downs. And I, 
I'm not saying that it should be perfect from day one and just be that way always. You know, surely for years, I just put my head down and put my blinders on and just did this stuff every single day because for a long time, it was just me by myself. Mm. Um, and so anybody that's, you know, running a you know social media company, social media agency, branding agency, web design agency, digital advertising agency, you know, there's going to be a, a two to three year period where you're probably maybe not enjoying it so much, you know, but that's, there's no shortcut around that that you just have, you know, it's like, no matter what article you read or quote you read or podcast interview you listen to, you may get some advice from that. And there's probably a lot of information that will help you, mm -hmm. but you're still just going to have to tack. You're just going to have to drudge through it yourself because you have to kind of convince yourself like, okay, I've gone through that. I've made that mistake. Now I know for sure indefinitely that that was not the right way to do it, you know, because mm -hmm. someone can tell you whatever they want, but you don't know if it's absolutely the best advice until you just do it yourself. So um, I think going through that and then building a, you know, sort of a machine or a vehicle to get myself and everybody else involved to wherever they want to be is probably the most enjoyable part of it. You know, and we're always striving to continue do, doing that. You know, we're not perfect by any means, but um, yeah, just trying to create a fun environment, a fun brand to work for and work on fun projects with fun clients. You know, that's, that's what it's about for us. I love that. You know, it's just in terms of getting through that maybe two to three year period, it's just like walking through the mud. And, and I really align with just you saying that you're convincing yourself that basically like, all right, this is, this isn't working. Got to move on to this. It's just a certain level of flexibility is required. You know, on the flip side of this, what do you think is currently keeping your agency from leveling up right now? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and it's a, it's a very uh, sore subject for me because I'm <laughs> very frustrated with um, Meta or Facebook at the moment. Mm. Um, we had a, a huge, and I mean, we're still dealing with it now, um, just a huge obstacle in dealing with Facebook this year. And... For anybody who doesn't know this, um, you know, back in May, Facebook, May of this year, so May of 2022, Facebook had a huge security breach. And um, I think it was uh, like TechCrunch, they posted an article on it and um, Mashable, they posted an article on it if anybody wants to Google it. But back in May of, it might have been April, April or May of 2022, Facebook had a huge security breach and like tens of thousands of users, you know, profiles basically um, became vulnerable to getting hacked, you know, whether their passwords were released or their emails or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was these two big hacker groups, uh, I think they were based in Vietnam, got into all of these Facebook profiles. And the problem with that is, you know, in 2016, from all the election stuff, Facebook changed their policy to make it so that every single Facebook ad account must be associated with a private profile, you know, a personal profile so that when you're running advertisements, you know, if you're running any sort of questionable ad, if it's in industries that Facebook doesn't necessarily approve of. So as an example, you know, cannabis or NFTs or cryptocurrency, things like this that are really hard to advertise for currently, that if you, you know, were breaking their policy, that you'd be held accountable and you wouldn't be able to just go make a new ad account. Because back in 2015, if you had an ad account that got shut down, you would just go create a new one and just start over. And it wasn't a big deal, you know, 
And this was like the golden age of Facebook ads when you could run ads and get tons of leads and, you know, targeting was easy, retargeting was easy uh, and everything was just perfect. Mm. Well, as the years have gone on, that has changed. So the problem with all these personal profiles getting hacked into is that whoever hacked into them now has access to all these ad accounts. So this group started running fraudulent ads on tens of thousands of Facebook profiles and running up these people's credit card bills. So some of those people happen to be our clients. So you would think when reaching out to Facebook and letting them know, you know, hey, all these profiles have gotten hacked, that Facebook would react immediately. Well, they didn't and they still don't. And Facebook support right now, regardless of anybody's issue as an agency owner, is a nightmare to deal with. Like an abs- like one, like this is probably the biggest tangled mess that I've ever dealt with as an agency owner. And to save you the burden of me telling you the whole story, basically the, the rundown is um, there's these groups that are running fraudulent ads for just stupid stuff. You know, you ever see like um, just a questionable Facebook ad that's for like Ray-Bans for $20 or like, mm-hmm. you know, some nice sneaker that normally would be a hundred or 200 bucks and they're mm-hmm. for sale for 20 bucks. It's clearly a, a scam. And these people launch dozens of you know Shopify websites or WooCommerce websites that are just fake websites. They're not even real. So they drive thousands of visitors from Facebook to these websites. These customers, a lot of the times these are customers that are you know probably 40 years of age and above. Um, and these people are making purchases on these fake websites for products that they're never going to receive mm. through companies that never existed. And they can't reach out to support. They can only just inquire with their credit card to try and get a refund. Well, so that's the point of them hacking these accounts is now they have ad accounts that they can use to run these fraudulent ads and they spike the budgets up. And one of the highest that we saw was like $100,000 a day. And yeah, so anyway, so that happened. And Facebook is in a really weird position where for the first time ever, they're losing users Mm -hmm. and their revenue is going down rather than up. So Mm -hmm. they're in a pretty messed up situation where they're almost incentivized to take their sweet time in solving this problem because they're actually making money from it. Like they're making money from this problem and not just a little bit of money. Like they're making millions of dollars from hacking groups running ads in the millions of dollars to run fraudulent advertisements. And yeah, it's caused quite the headache for agency owners, especially us. So we've created dozens of support tickets. I mean, more than dozens. I mean, probably almost a hundred different support tickets across different ad accounts, Instagram accounts, Facebook accounts, Facebook pages um, to try and get this issue resolved. And this has been going on since May. And I mean, we're here almost at the end of the year and we still have support tickets with Meta that are not resolved. Um, Yeah, so it's insane. Anyway, that was... I could almost say the biggest hurdle that I've ever dealt with as an agency owner, and yeah. we're still in the middle of it. It's still not resolved. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. It's insanely frustrating. It I could probably sit here and rant about this alone for an hour, but I'll, I won't do that to you because you don't deserve that. <laughs> oh gosh, that's terrible. I do want to say, has it gotten easier over time since May? Like I'm hoping. I mean, you know, the, 
in the in the very very beginning, I mean, it was all hands on deck, like absolute urgent emergency, because our clients were their credit cards were being billed, you know. And although it's not our responsibility, like it wasn't a problem that we created, they looked to us to solve it because we're their marketing provider. Um, and the crazy thing is, we are uh, meta marketing pros. We are meta certified, um, like we are uh, creative professional strategists we are certified through them we are blueprint certified and Mm. we can't even get help you know like the number of you know blue checks as far as like verified figures that are in our management through facebook is awesome and they won't even help us you know they won't even help us we don't even scratch the surface when it comes to uh you know as a million dollar agency we don't even scratch the surface when it comes to the big agencies that have clients that are spending 10, 20, 30 million dollars on Facebook every year, you know. So when they look at us and we have clients that are, you know, maybe running 40, 50, 60 grand in a month, they don't care. You know, they don't care. Um, so when we need help, it's like we're maybe not at the very back of the line, but hmm. we're definitely not towards the front. And it doesn't seem like they care. And honestly, it's convinced us to just not use Facebook ever again, to be totally honest. Um, it's very frustrating. So, yeah, yeah, but it has gotten a little bit better, you know, uh, it's not totally resolved and who knows when it will be, but you know, we're trying to be relentless in pursuing help from Facebook. Um, so yeah. So if anyone's listening to this and you work for Facebook, please call me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, I do want to ask, how's your, how's your experience navigating your, your team? How has that been like, when did you get to a point where you were say where you were at a point where you're like, okay, I need a team. I need someone who maybe not be, who maybe isn't as good as I'm able to do something and things like that. Like when was that point for you? Yeah. Um, probably the middle of last year, you know, middle of 2021, um, was when I felt like we had really kind of gotten on top of things. You know, I've hired a handful of kind of right hand people throughout the years. Um, and it's just a, it's a learning experience. You know, I wouldn't say that hiring is my greatest strength. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I, like, I feel like intuition is one of the most undervalued skills. You know, the thing is like, the person is more important to me than their skill set. You know, I can teach somebody whatever they need to know or provide the training and the skills that they need if I don't personally have it. So skills are, in a way they're whatever, you know, like anybody can learn something if they put their mind to it. So I'm always just looking out for the person who I think is going to put their mind to it. Mm. And so the things that matter to me are honesty, transparency, integrity, punctuality. That's what I'm always looking for. Um, and so throughout time, um, I've learned to become a better hirer. You know, I'm still not great at it, but I think it took me about two years to really feel confident that I had like hired some of the right people, uh, you know, because it was just me for a long time. I think I made my first like real hire in 2017 um, to kind of have like a administrative assistant basically. And I hired a, a handful of people for that position and it just never seemed to work out. And then I thought, well, maybe it's not the person I'm hiring. That's the problem. Maybe it's me. So I took some time to try to learn and educate myself on hiring Mm. and um, a really great book that I would recommend to anybody 
um, in the agency space, not just for hiring, just for agencies in general, uh, would be the ultimate sales machine, which is by Chet Holmes. And uh, Chet Holmes died, I think, in 2015 or something like that, which is unfortunate um, because he was never able to create a follow up to this book. But the book, uh, there's a chapter in there called Hiring Rockstars. And yeah, I would encourage anybody to read it. And it was really helpful. You know, so just learning about hiring and getting better at it. But I think, you know, first hire in 2017 and then around 2020, 2021 was when I felt like um, we really had, you know, some rock stars that would stick with us and do a great job. And obviously they're still still with me today. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's just a process. And it's one of those things where like you, you know, you can't really take a shortcut around it unless you're going to go hire, you know, a headhunter or somebody to go recruit for you or whatever. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, you answered another question, a favorite agency scaling influencer or author. So thank you for mentioning that for the listeners. You know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I do want to transition to the ending questions. Do you have any advice for your peers listening to this or agency owners listening to this? Definitely. You know, I feel like there's a million things I could say, but I think the first action anybody should take if they're an agency owner looking for advice or feeling like they need some help, I would recommend just taking physical and digital inventory of your business. And what I mean is, like I mentioned earlier, write down all the services you offer. You know, mm-hmm. even if you've only done it a couple times, once or twice, write down that you did it. Go through and take note of what am I charging for this service? You know, what is the cheapest? What is the most? And what is the average? Hmm. Think about, do I or do we like doing this? Like, do I love doing this for people? Am I good at it? And be honest with yourself. Like, am I actually good at blank service? You know, am I good at building websites? Am I, am I good at social media? Um, and really ask yourself the hard questions and sort of take inventory and look at it, you know, whether you do it in Notion or whether you write it down on a piece of paper or in Google Documents, whatever, take inventory of what's happening with your business, what is profitable, what's working, what's not working, what would you change? And that's the best thing that you can do because all of a sudden there will be some outliers that are very obvious that stand out and that sheet of paper will tell you what to do. It'll become very clear like, okay, I don't like doing this and we're not really making any money and we're hardly doing it anyway. So I could just make the decision, we're not offering this service, not now and not ever again. And just simplify what you're doing, um, figure out what you're really good at. And I think that would just help people moving forward in making decisions that are going to benefit their agency rather than running around confused, you know. So productivity and organization are a skill. You know, you sometimes have to hit pause on your agency work to actually get better at being organized and knowing what's happening in your own life. You know, it's like your own life is a reflection of how your business is going to be. If your car is a mess and your house house is a mess and you don't ever know where your keys are and you always lose your wallet, those same things are going to happen to your business, you know? Um, and I think people should think about that and make the dedication to just becoming a more organized and a more responsible business owner. Thank you for that. You know, simplifying what you're doing is so important and it just... I think you just touched on the fact that reflecting can really help you expand. So I do want to ask you the last question. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah. So for the most part, my name, you know, if someone just searches my name for the most part, you can find anything that has to do with me. 
um, my website, my social media, you know, it's all just under my name, which is at Mike Metzger. So it's M-Y-K-E-M-E-T-Z-G-E-R. Um, and I did write a book on Amazon, you know, so you can go on Amazon, search my name on there, and you can find the book that I wrote uh, back in 2018. And I think if somebody's new in their freelancer or agency journey, I would definitely recommend reading it. Um, if somebody's further along, you know, you're doing uh, high six figures or seven figures, I don't know how much you would get out of it, but it's really great for somebody who's, you know, kind of first starting their career as a service provider, you know, and not even just for marketing, really for anything, you know, if you're a freelancer or photographer, you would get a lot of the book out of that book. Um, so yeah, that would be what I would recommend doing, but you can find me, you know, anywhere just by searching my name for the most part. Okay. Thank you so much for this conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And we'll have to do this again soon. Uh, when we're at 10 million a year or something like that. <laughs> Definitely. And I believe cool, you'll you. get there. Thank you. <laughs>